While You Were Folding, Episode 9, All About My Reading Life. Hi, I'm Catherine Boucher, and you're listening to While You Were Folding. This show is my weekly excuse to talk about marriage, parenting, faith, friendship, culture, what I'm reading and watching, and whatever else strikes my fancy. Most importantly, it's a great excuse to connect with and learn from like-minded women who are committed to beginning again each day. I won't pretend to be an expert, but I will ask a whole bunch of questions, invite you into the conversation, and encourage you to share what you heard while you were folding. Today, I wanted to talk about something that has become a really big part of my life, and that is reading. After a big hiatus from the reading world, I've become a voracious reader, but before I get to my weekly recap and all about my reading life, let's go ahead and open with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father of mercy, thank you for this opportunity to slow down, to reflect, to think about how the Lenten season is going. In our family, we battled illness last week, and that literally forced us to slow down. But it was a good reminder for us to be thankful for all the blessings that we have. Please help us to enter more fully into this Lenten season. Please help us if we have started to become weak in our Lenten resolutions to become more firm and more resolved to be strong to them. Or maybe we took on a Lenten resolution that maybe you weren't asking of us. Help us to be open to hearing what it is that you're hoping we will learn this season. Help our hearts to be open to making more room for you, to expand our hearts in love for those that you've placed in our lives and to be open to the call of whatever it is that you're asking of us. We pray these things through your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so I have a lot to say about reading, so I'm going to keep my weekly recap pretty short this time around. So last week, as I said, we had a lot of illness at our house, and unfortunately, it hit Philip and I the hardest of everyone. So hopefully, the kiddos stay healthy and we are spared from the worst of the illness for the rest of the week. But Philip and I were hit pretty hard, and we were actually supposed to host my side of the family. We have a monthly Sunday night dinner to celebrate all of the birthdays that are taking place that month. And we were supposed to host for all of the February birthdays, and we were feeling so sick that by, I think it was Saturday morning, that we made the executive decision to go ahead and cancel. So that was a big bummer, because with a family as large as mine, it's usually only once a month that we're able to see everyone all together. But considering how big our family is, I think that's pretty awesome. So it was sad to not get to see everyone, but I think everyone was grateful that we weren't sharing our germs. So we look forward to seeing them hopefully in a couple more weeks for our March birthdays in the family. Also, I wanted to circle back and give you an update on our plumbing emergency Those of you who follow me on social media, you might remember I posted a picture a couple weeks back. 
we had a leak in our basement ceiling. And so we had assumed that it was our washing machine that was leaking. So we had a plumber come out. They couldn't figure out what was wrong. Then the plumber came back out and put some holes in the drywall behind the washing machine. Couldn't find anything. Put another hole in the drywall in the basement ceiling. And you guys, we figured out what the problem was. The good news is it was not a big problem, but the bad news is it was not plumbing related, which was a big bummer. So this was a crazy story, but what had happened was, um, okay, I'm not going to use the proper terminology, so forgive me, but the vent, the little hose thing that goes from the dryer outside, it exits underneath our deck. And in our home, the previous owners added on this big, beautiful deck to the house. But when the deck was installed, somehow the dryer release pipe vent thing didn't have a proper cover put on top of it. And so cold air has been coming in through this hose thing. But the deck had covered the whole thing, so it wasn't really exposed to the elements. But over time the cold air was allowed to accumulate within this pipe thing. And so the cold air meets the hot air from the dryer and it was condensating, creating all this moisture in there. And that's what was leaking and created the wet spot on our basement ceiling. So something as simple as a little cover to put on side of, outside of that little hose pipe thing solved the problem. So now we just have a couple of holes in our, our drywall, which is not a big deal, but isn't that crazy? So it was not a plumbing emergency after all. It was a condensation emergency. But everything is fixed in terms of the leak. Now we'll just fix the drywall and move on from there. So if you do not have an ending on your dryer vent pipe, whatever you call it <laughs> thing, make sure and get one on there because you'll save yourself some money and trouble. The funny, well, now I can call it funny. <laughs> the uh, guy who came out here from the heating division of the company, he said, now wait maybe a week or two to patch up that drywall because if you start to notice an aroma, it's possible that you have some small critters that have made a home in your vent there. So maybe wait it out. And if you start to smell an aroma, maybe call the duct guys to come out here and clear that out for you. Ugh. <laughs> So good news, we have not noticed any crazy aroma of uh, little critters living in our vent system from our dryer. So I think we can call and get the drywall patched. So that's the exciting conclusion to our plumbing emergency story. Also, sadly, I have to report that Jane, she was supposed to have her first confession on Saturday, and unfortunately, we had some really bad weather over the weekend. We, well, at least we did on Saturday. Early Saturday, we had another ice storm here in Nebraska, and so wisely, the school decided that they better cancel first confession for the second graders. So that has been rescheduled for this Wednesday. And Jane surprisingly had a very positive attitude about the whole thing. She was disappointed, of course, but she said that she was glad to have the extra time to think of her sins and examine her conscience a little bit more. So I was excited and proud of her to have that positive attitude, and she's looking forward to receiving that sacrament tomorrow. 
So if you hear this podcast on Wednesday morning, say a prayer for her. She's going to receive the sacrament right after school on Wednesday in a special ceremony. And tomorrow, Wednesday, is an extra special day because it is also Philip's birthday. So if you know Philip in real life or follow him on social media, go ahead and wish him a happy birthday tomorrow. So tomorrow evening is going to be an extra special night for our family. After Jane finishes her first confession, then we're going to have a big family dinner. And I ordered Philip his favorite kind of cake. Have you heard of the cookie company they make these awesome cookie cakes and that's philip's favorite so i'll make sure and take a picture of the cake and share that on social media as well but that's pretty much it for our weekly update around here just lots of illness we had a conclusion to our plumbing emergency and jane's first confession was canceled so everything just kind of felt out of whack last week and this week we're regrouping and trying to get things back in order around here Okay, should we talk about my favorite thing? Let's talk about reading. So I mentioned in a previous episode, back in college, I studied secondary education, English and Spanish. And because that was my major, good news, I got to read a lot of really great books. Bad news, I overdosed on the obligatory reading. And I didn't read for fun for a really long time. And I think I fell into the trap of the excuse that most of us fall into of thinking I that dreaded phrase, I don't have time to read. And I am here to be a bully about that phrase. I do not think it's true. I think that there are busier times in life, but I think we all make choices and we can make time for reading again. So I want today's episode to be a word of encouragement to all of you who think you don't have time to read and you miss it. Because prior to last year, I probably averaged between maybe four to six books a year. And I made a lot of deliberate changes in my life to try and bring reading back. So I thought today I would just go through a couple of the changes that I made. The first change was to recognize that audiobooks totally count for reading. Yes, audiobooks count as reading. So I discovered that my local library, and chances are you're like a local library too, has an account either through Overdrive or Hoopla. Hoopla is spelled H-O-O-P-L-A. Overdrive and Hoopla are services where you just plug in your library's information and your card number, and then you have access for free to different ebooks and audiobooks. And that's how I found a lot of my audiobooks for last year. So I am a little bit picky when it comes to my audiobooks. More often than not, if I listen to an audiobook, it's nonfiction. The reason for that is when I read fiction, I want to know all the details about all of the different characters. And it takes me a long while to get situated within a book that's fiction. And I like to have the physical book in front of me so that I can flip back and forth and piece together with the physical book who's who, who's doing what, where the action is taking place. And I struggle to do that with audio. Now, I have a couple exceptions to that. If it is a fiction audiobook, it's probably either a classic that I haven't gotten around to reading yet, or it's something that has um, like a regional dialect 
that I'm not very good at doing in my head, or it's historical fiction by a really talented narrator. So a couple examples that fit into those categories, a classic that I had not read yet, but really had on the top of my list was Pride and Prejudice. Can you believe that I hadn't actually read that book yet? I know. Shame. So, um, but I was committed to actually reading it because I think I had started it half a dozen times and I made it a quarter of the way in each time. And then either I would get pregnant and super, super sick or I would have just had a newborn and didn't have the energy to trudge through the more flowery English language, which I love, but took more brain power than I had at that time. So I found that there is a fantastic audio version of Pride and Prejudice, and I found it for free. And it was, I can't remember which, either on Overdrive or Hoopla under their um, famous celebrity audiobook section. And Rosamund Pike was the narrator. She's this famous British narrator and actress. And she was phenomenal because she did such a great job with all of the different characters keeping their um, voices straight during the dialogue. And listening to it was a real treat. I listened to it on a road trip. So I highly recommend that for audiobooks. If there's a classic that's been on your list for a long time, if you can find one with a really talented narrator, that's a fun way to read the classics. Um, An example of a regional dialect that I really enjoyed listening to, the book Homegoing, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce the author's name, It was a really big book from last year, but the narrator was phenomenal because the location of the story shifts and goes back and forth between Africa and England and the United States and places in between. But the narrator did a phenomenal job with the different characters of bringing in the different African dialects, the different English, British accents, and then the American accents as well. So... Typically, if I'm listening to a nonfiction, my favorite genres of nonfiction, I love memoirs. I love narrative nonfiction. So for example, the book, The Boys in the Boat, which was about the U.S. Olympic rowing team from the 1936 Olympics. Did anyone else out there not know that Germany hosted the 1936 Olympics in Berlin? I had absolutely no idea before I read this book. And it was unreal to read about what these Olympians went through and what the situation was like in Germany, right as Hitler is in power and before the outbreak of World War II. It was unreal to me to read that. Um, So memoirs, narrative, nonfiction, I love. And then parenting books, I'll listen to on audio as well, because I don't feel the need to underline and highlight and take notes with those books the way that I do with other nonfiction The way that I read my audiobooks, I love to listen to those while I'm working out because that's something that's just become a staple in my schedule. So I like to listen to my audiobooks while I'm running on the treadmill, or if I'm doing a workout video, I'll listen to the book instead of listening to the instructor and I'll just have the video playing, but instead of listening to the audio from the video, I will listen to my audiobook. I also like to pair my audiobooks with different household tasks that I'm doing because they make doing them more of a treat. So in case you haven't caught on to the name of this podcast, 
while you were folding. The whole idea behind that was to get you to listen to this show while you're doing your household stuff. So I like to listen to my audiobooks or podcasts while I'm folding laundry, doing the dishes, changing the bedding, or if it's warm outside and I'm feeling like a good pet owner when I'm taking our dog for a walk. Um, But that's always when the kids are busy doing other things or they're napping or no one needs me at the time. Because as a general rule, I don't like to have my earbuds in or be listening to something when there are other humans around me. Um, So audiobooks, that has been a big game changer for my reading life because I have read so much more by incorporating audiobooks. Another strategy that has really helped me is to stop having to finish a book and then figure out, okay, what am I going to read next? I always have an arsenal of books ready and waiting for me so that the moment I finish a book, I have the next one ready to go. And if I know in my next reading session, I'm going to finish a title, then I have the next one right next to me. And it's my goal to make sure that I start the next book and finish at least the first chapter of the new book before I stop reading for that reading session. And that sounds kind of silly, but it keeps my momentum going because otherwise I'd finish a book, think, oh, that was great, put it down. And then I would spend like a week trying to figure out what my next title was going to be. And I would do analysis paralysis and be hemming and hawing over which book I was going to read next. But now I have a lineup of which books I'm going to read in what order, and I have them ready to go. The other thing that has really helped me is to have a variety. I usually have a fiction, a nonfiction, and an audiobook in rotation. I almost never have more than one fiction going at a time because it's difficult for me to keep the story straight. And if I have more than one book, I tend to get mixed up about what's going on. Um, And usually my other two books are nonfiction. And this helps me to be motivated to go back to my books because depending on what kind of a mood I'm in, I might be more inclined to pick up my fiction or my nonfiction depending on what time of day it is and so on. And then I don't get burnt out. And it also stops me from being a total book snob as well, if I'm totally honest. Because if I have variety in my reading, I'm more inclined to not lift my nose up in the air at some book that might be considered a light beachy read because I'm reading a variety of other books. And so it's easier to introduce a book like that into the mix and not feel guilty about it and really enjoy it and move on to the other stuff. Um, So that's been really good. So audiobooks, having a variety and starting the next book right after I finish The other thing is to stop being afraid to break up with books. Now, I used to feel the need if I had started a book, especially if it was one that I had purchased, to read until the bitter end, even if I was hating it. And if I'm totally honest, my motivation for having to hold on to the bitter end was more out of a place of pride because maybe it was a book that was a bestseller and everyone else loved it and I wanted to go to the bitter end so that I could say, I hated it, and here are all the reasons why. But if I'm honest, that was such a dumb (laughs) reason to hold on to the bitter end because there are so many amazing books out there. Why waste time on the ones that aren't for me any longer? And that's the other thing. I realized it's not that I 
hated the book, that maybe it just wasn't to my taste. And that's okay. So I've learned to be okay with breaking up with them. But when I do break up with a book, it's not happening as frequently anymore. And I'll get to why next. Um, But why I stopped being afraid to break up with books is because I figured out it's okay. It's this one is maybe too dark or too violent for me. Or maybe right now I have a newborn or I'm pregnant and super sick and I'm not able to read this particular title right now. Or maybe there are just no likable characters in this story and I'm struggling to stay with it. And that's fine. And the reason why I'm not breaking up with as many books in the last year is because I finally figured out now that I'm 33, I finally figured out the kinds of books that I like. And I gained my vocabulary. And when I was thinking about preparing this podcast, I realized I have carried a lot of the lessons that Philip and I learned when we went to wine country to my reading life. Okay, let me explain. So Philip and I had an opportunity this fall, right before all of those horrible wildfires broke out in California, to go out to Napa in wine country. In fact, the day we left was the day that all the wildfires broke out, and we almost didn't make it home because the highway that we had to exit um, our town from was on fire. So, um, but our trip was fantastic And all of you who live out there in wine country, we're still praying for you as you restore that beautiful area. But we, um, we had an opportunity to go and take a class called how to taste wine in 90 seconds. And the best part about that class is it was so down to earth. And the instructor did a great job of teaching us how to use our different senses, our sight, our smell, etc., to gain a vocabulary about the kinds of wine that we like and how to describe it. And by the end of the class, the instructor said, ultimately, it doesn't matter which kind of wine you like best. That's taste. But you will be able to say, yeah, I like Chardonnay with an ice cube. And I don't care what kind of a vessel it's in. Now, he gave all kinds of reasons why it's best to have an actual glass, etc, etc. But the thing that he wanted us to take away from the class was to say, Now you are able to go into your local store where you're purchasing your wine and tell the person, I like blank, and they will point you in the right direction. Because maybe your favorite label, your favorite kind of wine is not going to be available and you need to find something that's comparable to it. So we gained the vocabulary. Philip and I now know we generally like red, off-dry wines, period. So now we can go into a wine store. We know which varieties fall into that category. We know which ones pair nicely with different kinds of food. And it's made enjoying our wine so much more fun. So the same thing is true for me with reading. And the way that I gained my vocabulary surrounding my reading life has largely been due to one podcast. And if I can be a total fangirl for a minute, here I go. Some of you might follow her as a blogger. As a blogger, her name is Modern Mrs. Darcy. Her her name in real life is Anne Bogle, and Anne is amazing. She does this podcast called What Should I Read Next? And it's my favorite. The way it works is she used to do this on her blog. She called it literary matchmaking, and then she decided to turn the whole concept into a show. And on the podcast, the guest shares three books they love, one book they hate, and what they're reading lately. 
And hearing the guests do the show over and over and over again was so helpful, not just to hear them talk about the books they loved, but more specifically, it was when they talked about the books that they hated that I started to learn how to describe a book using words that make sense. And so I had taken all of these English education classes and learning how to lead a discussion on a book, but I gained so much more vocabulary on how to talk about what I liked and disliked about stories. And after the the guest talks about the three books they love, the one book they hate, and what they're reading lately, then Anne turns around and gives the guest three book titles that she recommends that she thinks they would enjoy. And then the guest gets to say which one of those three they think they will read next. So by listening to these episodes week after week after week, I learned that generally I like a book that's more character driven and not plot driven. I like fiction that's historical, that's a little more literary, that has good writing, that's unpredictable. I don't like a neat and tidy ending. I want it to be nuanced. I want the author to show me the details instead of just telling me explicitly what's going on. Um, I really need to have at least one likable character, or at least the author needs to be talented in developing the character enough so that even if I don't like the character, at least I can understand and forgive their motivations if I'm not liking what's happening in the story. And when I talked about my audiobooks, I shared a little bit about what my favorite nonfiction genres are. Some of those overlap when I'm reading a physical book. More often than not, I'm reading a physical book and not an ebook. But I, my favorite nonfiction genres are memoir, narrative nonfiction, parenting. Faith is a huge umbrella topic for me. I'm Catholic, so I like to read about the saints. I like to read the papal encyclicals. That's just writings from the popes. I like to read about conversion stories, apologetics, which is basically a Christian giving a defense of why we believe what we believe, and other inspirational reads. I love productivity books, and another specific genre that I like are personality frameworks. I am all about those. So for example, Gretchen Rubin's book, The Four Tendencies, I loved reading about that. I am a total questioner, by the way, for those of you who listen to Gretchen Rubin. Um, do you know what I'm talking about with The Four Tendencies? I would love to hear what you are. You're, I Maybe I'll save that for another time. But give me your feedback. I want to hear what you are and how that affects your life. Maybe we'll deep dive into personality frameworks another time. Okay, that's for another show. I'll move on. Um, the other way I've been able to read more is to schedule it. So the audiobooks have just become part of my routine when I'm working out, when I'm doing housework. Um, and then midday, when my little kids are doing their afternoon nap, I like to give myself a 20 to 30 minute break. And that happens more days than not. And I just sit down and read for 20 to 30 minutes, I will make myself a cup of coffee and I will give myself some guilt-free time just to take a break because I've learned that I am just a way better wife and mom for the rest of the day when I allow myself to have that time. And the last big chunk of time that I definitely have scheduled reading is at bedtime. Philip and I have made it our standing tradition to go to bed. We go upstairs at 9.30 get ready for bed. And then we say lights out between at 1030 
between Sunday and Thursday. So that's allowed us to get a lot more reading in. So let's review what we have so far. Audiobooks, starting the next book after I finish it immediately, at least reading the next chapter, the first chapter of the next book, not being afraid to break up with books, keeping a variety in my reading life of fiction, nonfiction, and different genres, figuring out what I like, gaining my vocabulary, scheduling it in. The next thing I definitely want to to share as a word of encouragement, if you don't have these big pockets of time during the day, like I have generally during my kids' nap time or at bedtime, embrace the 10-minute windows to read. You will be shocked at how much more reading you're able to get done when you get out of the mindset of thinking, oh, it's just 10 minutes. I'm not going to sit down and read because then it's just going to feel like I only read two pages. No, end that lie right now. You will be able to read so much more if you embrace those little windows. The other way you definitely will read more is if you take Ann Bogle's advice. Again, she's the hostess of that show, What Should I Read Next? Always have a snack anywhere you go and bring something to read everywhere you go. Then you will not be hangry. And when you have that unexpected pocket of time, whether you're in the grocery store checkout line or you are waiting for a child at a lesson that's wrapping up, you will have something to read and you won't have that horrible problem of being stuck somewhere for half an hour with nothing. That is the worst nightmare for a reader. (laughs) So always bring something with you and embrace the 10 minute windows. Um, Next, limit the TV, which is not very hard when you go to bed early and don't have a TV in your bedroom anyway. The other thing is limiting my phone use. So I've been keeping my phone docked in the kitchen, turning it into a landline, and that has made a huge difference. The only times I have my phone with me are if I'm exercising, because then I'm listening to my audiobooks, or while I'm getting dressed, then I'm listening to my audiobooks then too. And I'm always getting dressed before the kids are up. And then um, while I'm doing household tasks when the kids don't need me or during nap time, And then when Philip and I go to bed, the phone stays docked in the kitchen as well. And I also deleted email and Facebook on my phone. So I'm not tempted to get on there nearly as much any longer. And having the physical books with me wherever I am in the house has made it a lot easier to embrace those little pockets of time when they come up. A fun thing that I really want to talk about, and this is the part where I really want your feedback, is tracking the books that I've read. I have been keeping track of all of the different books that my friends recommend, and I've definitely gotten a lot of my recommendations from listening to the What Should I Read Next podcast, because I can tell right away whether the guest and I have similar taste in books, and I've gotten a lot of good titles that way. I've probably only not enjoyed one or two titles that I got from that show because the guests do such a good job of describing their style of reading. Um, So I like to keep track of the books that are recommended to me on Amazon. I just created a wish list called Catherine's to Read List, and I made it private. And then after I've read a title, I delete it from my Amazon wish list. And then once I've completed a book... I go over to Goodreads, and that's where I keep track of my books. This is where I need your help. 
I have tried on Goodreads to create a shelf. That's what they call your different categories. I tried to create a shelf of abandoned books. And for whatever reason, maybe it's a glitch and I need to just go back in there and try again. Because Philip created an abandoned shelf. It's trying to give me credit for reading the book in order to put it on my shelf, but I don't want to necessarily give myself credit for it. Um, But I really want to keep track of those books that I've abandoned, mostly so I know how far into it I got, if it's something that I think I might want to circle back to, and my reason for abandoning it, so that I know either I'm putting this one down for good, or if I think it's one I need to come back to another time, and what it was about the book that I didn't love. The other thing is the star reviews. You can give books up to five stars, five stars being the best, one being the worst. And I wish, number one, I wish you could do half star reviews because in my book, there's a big difference between three and four stars. And when I first started doing the reviews, I was uber generous and I think I gave everything five stars. But I've gotten a little bit more critical, mostly because it's helpful for me to go back and realize which one was a true five-star book, which one did I just think was okay, and so on. Um, Because in my book, there's a big difference between three and four stars. And there's been a lot of times where I wanted to give three and a half stars, but I couldn't. So I've noticed a lot of people will use the review section to actually write in the words three and a half stars so that they can keep track of it that way. Um, The other thing is I want to know if there's a way to do star reviews, but to keep them private and just have those for my own personal records, because sometimes I just don't really want to put my star reviews out there. And I just want to have it marked as a book that I read and leave it at that and then have those conversations with my friends. So let me know if there's a way to do star reviews, but to keep them private. Um, But most importantly, I want to know how you track your books and how detailed you get about it. Because I was looking back over my books from last year, and I think I read 73 books last year. And already, just a year away, I have forgotten what I liked, what I disliked about some of those titles. And I also have noticed I have very different memories of my reading experience, depending on whether... I read the book on audio or if I had the physical book or if it was a book that I had purchased and had marked up with a bunch of different notes and underlines or if it was one that I picked up from the library and had to get through really quickly. Also, do you have this problem with the library where it is either complete feast or famine? I will find myself waiting and waiting and waiting to get books. And then all of a sudden I get five titles at once. And I feel like I have to be totally ruthless and abandon some of the ones that I'm currently reading that I have the paper copies of and own so that I can get to my library books and oh my goodness, reader problems. It's serious business. Um, Okay, last thing that has helped me to read more books, perspective shift. I think I have been able finally, after years of not being in school any longer and not being a teacher anymore, to realize that reading for me truly is a treat and it's not work. And sometimes maybe one out of every 10 evenings, I'll just have no brain power and I'll tell Philip, let's just watch an episode of Parks and Rec and go to bed. And we'll go upstairs and I'll turn out the lights and lay down. 
and I'll just be ready to fall asleep. But more often than not, reading to me is more relaxing than watching a show, and it makes me feel more content and relaxed when I go to sleep at the end of the night. So just changing my mindset and telling myself when we go upstairs to bed for our new early bedtime that future Catherine is going to thank me for doing that, and future Catherine is going to thank me for sitting down, picking up a book, and enjoying it. Because sometimes at the end of the day, I'm so exhausted that I don't always want to, but it's kind of like working out. The hardest part is getting the workout clothes on and showing up to start the treadmill. And once you start, it's fine. And I sometimes will have the same thing going on with my reading. So that's it. To recap, audiobooks, definitely look into that. Find out if your local library has an account with Overdrive or Hoopla. Start the next book immediately after I finish one. Don't be afraid to break up with books. Keep a variety of books in my reading life fiction, nonfiction, and different genres within each of those. Figure out the vocabulary of what I like, scheduling it into my routine, embracing the 10-minute window to read, limit my TV and phone use, track the books on Amazon and Goodreads, and then shifting my perspective that reading is a treat. That's it. I would love to hear from you. How are you making your reading life better these days? First of all, what are your book recommendations? I'd love to hear them. I'd love to hear what you're reading this Lent. What book of 2017 was your absolute favorite? What title do I really need to get my hands on right now? I definitely need help, especially in the area of fiction. What are your favorite fiction reads? The thing that I really, really, really want to hear your feedback on is Goodreads and tracking your books. How do you do it? What's working for you? And how do you organize all of that? I want to hear all the details and I cannot get enough of that. Please send me all your feedback. Email me at podcast at katherineboucher.com. That's going to do it for this episode of While You Were Folding. I am still so blown away at all of the positive feedback that I keep getting from all of you listeners. I am by no means a social media expert and... (laughs) Despite my blunderings and uh, basic lack of time to make that a bigger priority with promoting the podcast, I haven't done anything (laughs) other than putting it on my personal account. I don't even use my podcast page to post all that much. But anyway, we reached over 3,000 downloads of While You Were Folding this week. I just took a peek at it last night before I went to bed and I'm blown away. We have listeners in 13 countries and in 42 states and I've received so many kind emails and reviews and ratings on iTunes. So thank you so much from the bottom of of my heart, not just for taking the time to listen to the show, but to share it with your friends and for letting me know that you're listening. I love getting your emails. Please keep sending them my way. Let me know what you liked about the episodes, what you want to hear more of, what you have for a topic suggestion for a future show, or maybe you have a guest in mind, or you want to come on the show, feel free to email me, please, 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 at podcast at katherineboucher.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, don't be afraid to begin again and share what you heard 
while you were folding. <laughs>